and welcome to Coffee Pod FM. This is episode four, and you may notice that you are not hearing the dulcet tones of my erstwhile presenter Ed Wilson. Sadly, Ed has some uh, some power issues, uh, where I barely have the talent to be a co-host. So you will no doubt be not surprised that uh, we are joined by a guest today, uh, and uh, I'll introduce you to Diego Mendoza. Say hello, Diego. Hello, everyone. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining yeah, us. You thank you for having me on. No, thanks for joining us. Well, saying joining us, to joining me today. Unfortunately, Ed is yeah having, having some power issues, so we hope he is doing okay. But uh, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, enjoying a rare few hours of peace on a Sunday evening, playing a bit of Football Manager, and uh, thought I'd come and chat about it as well, which will be nice. Nice, refreshing change. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, doing doing good. Some Sunday night, this night. So yeah, we, I mean, uh, not playing so much football manager at the moment, but yeah, we, we'll maybe get onto that. But um, it's nice to get you on. And I think we've had a little bit of trouble actually arranging the um, uh, the timing. It never seems to work out with the three of us, and uh, and eventually we've just put the bullet and said, okay, well, let's just go with two and see how see how we get on. But uh, I think it's the it's the joys of grown up life, isn't it? I think when they were saying it was the twentieth uh, edition of Football Manager, it suddenly re- makes you realise that in another twenty years we'll all be close to sixty rather than uh, twenty as we were when uh, Football Manager first came out. So, uh, and I think yeah, finding time to actually play the thing these days, let alone talk about it and everything else, it's just uh, it gets harder and harder. So it's nice to nice to be finally on and uh, and have a chat about all things Football Manager, really. I, I try not to think about how old the game is too often. I mean, just, the more I think about it, the more depressing <laughs> it just gets. I mean, tw- 20 years of football manager and, and, and a number of us have been playing much longer than it's when it was that, called it? football manager. So it's, um, yeah, I've had to, there was a depressing thing. Let me just go off a slight tangent here, but it was, um, if you really want to make yourself feel old, think think about how old you are and then and then work that far back from your date of birth. And and it, it struck me that the end of World War Two was closer to my date of birth than today is, and that was truly <laughs> truly depressing. So, but on 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 that yeah. note, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to work that one out. I mean, I work it off the first football manager, and I think I was ten when I first played. Um, when was it? Well, ninety three, ninety four. Be. The green box was that? That's a long, box. long time ago. The what? Sorry. Was that the green box or the red box? I can't remember. It was a friend of mine that had it. Oh, it's one of these uh, pirated discs. Was, he, I don't even know if it was that. I think it was just. Yeah, I remember him having a computer and uh, us playing it for hours. And then he was a Newcastle fan. And I was a Spurs fan. And you know, it was. Uh, you know, the, that Newcastle squad back in the day. It was just just before they got. You know the Kevin Keegan glory days. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a lot happened over the years since those days. That's for sure. I I remember with them. Um, I mean, shouldn't probably shouldn't admit to this, but obviously, like it was a friend of mine who had the first game, and installed it on the on my computer. And, and at that point, and, and younger listeners might might not remember this, but games used to have like kind of password protection to make sure that you didn't sort of buy one copy and install it on 15 machines mm-hmm. and the original championship manager's password protection was that they had a score line on each page of the manual and the man and when you booted up the game oh. it would say 
enter the pay, the score from this page. And I obviously yeah, they did actually. Yeah, they didn't have the manual, so you would always just type two yeah, they, two one because two one was the most common score. So you'd be like two one two one two one, and you might have to load it like fifteen I, times before you got in. I, I used to play the old um, um, Grand Prix games, and I remember that had a password. You know, massive great manual, and you had to find the word from the. Uh, page and i think my mum chucked it out once by accident so i remember years of typing the over and over and over again until it worked we could actually get into the game but thankfully times of technology has moved on since those days yeah but yeah i mean it's, you can see why they would do something things like that but um but yeah bit of nostalgia there for you but uh i mean so yeah. i mean that's a very good place to start i mean just just talk us through i mean what's your history with football manager and and why football manager? Why is it? Why has it been a game that's that's grabbed your attention this long? I think, I mean, you know, came across it as I just alluded to there by accident, and I think it's sort of just grown from there. I think had I not discovered it, I probably did, would have done a lot better at school. But had I done a lot better at school, I probably wouldn't have followed the path in life and ended up where I am now. So. I probably have got that football managers to thank for uh, for where I am these days. But yeah, I think, I mean, I even remember on the early days, I've always, I was never a massive fan of playing in England. I mean, even though, you know, in the early days, that's all you could play it. Um, and again, being a Spurs fan, I know you're an Arsenal fan, but, you know, you can't help who you inherit. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say fan. And let's be uh, honest. I wouldn't say fan. I mean, people say, I mean, it's just, uh, I, my son is a bit of a fan. I, um, when I first started watching English football, I sport Southampton. Um, but that Probably. only because of Matt Letizia and him being in my fantasy football team and scoring two, two goals a week. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think I just never, and I think when, um, as championship manager evolved and grew and more leagues came in because it used to be you had to get an English one and then there was like an Italian version. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, yeah, I think the more that it grew, the more I got interested in, in sort of in foreign football and, you know, it very much Italy or um, Spain. And I think it, it probably around the, I mean, my favorite game, it's still um, CMO 102. I mean, that was just a phenomenal game. It just seemed to, everything seemed to click. And, you know, even though you didn't have a match engine or any of the, you know, the, the stuff that you have now from a playability perspective, it was just so good. And I think what's changed now, and I'll allude to it when we talk probably more about FM24 later, but in those days, you, it was a 20-season save. You didn't just have, five, you know, I think now, you know, if I do five seasons, I'm I'm doing well. But back then, it was literally just 20 seasons, just nailing through it. And I remember um, it was kind of it. That was the save where I've, I, I kind of came across the teams that I've sort of followed ever since um, and I've had decent saves down the line with I mean the main one out of that was probably Panathinaikos they were the the team that um I sort of managed I think I took did I, I think I won a the old um UEFA cup with them and I had a striker Croatian I don't know if you remember him called uh, Ivan Bosnak oh yeah forward right center for like 30k from a weirdly and this is how fate turned out from a Lib I think it was Al, Al Ali or is it Al Itihad in uh, Tripoli in Libya um, I'm sure you could get him with like 25k and he was just amazing. Um, and I am, I'm probably going to get someone to catch me up on this. It'll be with 2000 and 2001 that 
Bojnak was on it. Anyway, Ivan Bojnak was the the guy, the number nine, and um, and it was when Panathinaikos had uh, Ninis and Karaguna. You know, it was the real heyday mm. of the sort of the Greek um, bit. And I, and I think ever since that time, I've always followed Panathinaikos, probably in a similar way to to you with with Rapid Vienna later on. Yeah, it's um, interesting. But I think that, yeah. even in that save. I came across Salernitana, who I played with last year. Um, and there were a few other teams that just, you know, Salernitana, I think I'd always, from football, Italian, when they had Devaio, do you remember him? Oh, yeah, Mark Devaio. So this, this, it's weird. I, I think my saves have been influenced over the years by just random players or teams that have just kind of caught my interest, normally by complete accident, that have just... You know, evolve things over the years. Um, and do, do you think that's? And weirdly, I think. I was just wondering, do you, do you think? Do you think that's? Um, do you think that is, FM, pushing you into enjoying other leagues because you you know you're still enjoying the game, but you want to try something different, yeah. so you just move to different leagues, or is that something that's you've taken what? from real football and then being like, okay, I'm now developing like just a, just a wider fan interest, and therefore I want to play football. Like, is it is it FM leaving football, or is it football leaving FM? It's um, I'd say it's FM. Le- it's always traditionally been FM leading football. I, I would say, weirdly, I don't watch an awful lot of real life football. I play far more Football Manager than I do watching real life football, or certainly you know watching the Premier League or any of the big leagues. Um, but I think yeah, it's it was getting out of my comfort zone and playing FM and just discovering this whole different world. I mean, FM's always been an escape for me. Mm. Um, you know, to to get away from all the stuff that's happening in you know my <laughs> my real life, to just be able to completely shut off and just immerse myself in this completely different game world. Um, and I think that's why I've always sort of gone down a slightly more unique path and managed some really interesting teams over the years. Um, I mean, that's the one thing but, I think that you know that, that, that definitely you know if someone said to me, okay, what would you describe Diego? To me, or I would just be like, yeah, he's the, he's the guy that plays four two three one with three attacking midfielders, uh, with an ongoing yeah. in the middle, in like our Mongolia or Libya or you know you know because you're always picking up weird and wonderful leagues, and I don't know if the four two three one thing is a, is a, a fair reflection, but that to me sticks in my mind that that is that's the system that you always use. But um, is that yeah, fair? I mean, we, so. Uh, that that is fair. I mean, what I mean, I come on to um, my kind of the whole Mendoza personality and tactical philosophy because there is actually some logic and you know um, thought process behind it um, that goes with it. But yeah, the four two three one is yeah synonymous. I think weirdly, I can't even remember how I why even change. I think it, that was a Deportivo Cali save where I tried it just out of and it was just. You know, I had a forty-year-old Ngant who won like South American <laughs> Player of the Year. It was just like an absolute dream save. I had a couple of wonder kids that came through the academy. Um, I think I was. It was one of the first saves that I've, I've regularly posted about on the um, FM Now forum. You know, the, oh, yeah. the follow-on to the dugout, um, and it was brilliant. And then the save file corrupted and lost it all. Oh, no. And uh, I remember being gutted because it was just, and it was it was it was a really challenging save as well. Colombia is a, a slog. If anyone's ever managed in Colombia, you know it's. I think if you 
do all the t continental competitions. It gets close to, it's in the 90s, I think, are the games you can run in a season because it's got really? two sets of playoffs. And yeah, it's like, you know, I think I played about four seasons, which was equivalent of about eight in the. That's mad. Why, think, why is know, there so many games? I mean, because I've always I've looked at it. I mean, obviously, most people that that will be quite into depth in football manager will know that Columbia is like new gen heaven. I mean, look at, and I've often yeah. sort of kind of thought about Onvegado because of you know Freddy Garan and James yeah. Rodriguez yeah. and all these guys that came through there, and they weren't you know their their yeah. their youth facilities are just insane. But I mean, how, how do you so? How does it get to 90 games a season? That's mad. So I think, and, it, and I mean, we're talking, when did I do that save? FM 15? Mm. Yeah, FM 15. Um, I think where we did the full league, and then there is a f playoff, which, it, well, at that point was quarterfinal. Was it second round, quarterfinal, semifinal, final? I can't remember. And then... You had a cup. So you had an opening and closing stage. Both opening and closing stage both had playoffs. Um, and you then had all the Copa Libertadores, mm. and that was when the Mexican teams were still in it. Okay. So there were more, more games in that regard. And I think, and I don't know whether this was reality or whether it was just a bug, which probably it was the latter, no, um, where basically you ended up I think I end up playing in both the Libertadores and the Sudamericana. Um, so it what? just ended That's up with bad. just shit loads. Of, yeah, I think I suspect, given the lack of love that South America had from SI for years, <laughs> it was probably a bug. But I just remember just this slog of a season <laughs> to try and to get through. Um, but yeah. it was great. I loved it. It was, so, you know, for, as a competitive league goes, it was just so competitive. The Libertadores was, you know, re as soon as you played the Brazilian teams, the Mexican teams, it was just, it was solid. Yeah, um, I mean that's what you're after, really, isn't it? Because like, especially you're saying if yeah, it's like it longer term like. saves, you don't you don't want to be getting like oh just turning like at the end of one or two seasons, you're just turning people over, and you can basically put into comprehensive yeah. finance and still win the lot. It's very dull. Yeah, and I think that was, it was kind of, I think having come from, I mean, the season before was where I did my, um, was the year that I did my Panathinaikos save, well, Panathinaikos and Greece, club and country, and sadly it was before I started writing, because it would have been the perfect save to write about, but I won the Champions League and the World Cup, and it was the, it was the you know, probably similar to your rap in Vienna and Austria, it was the, you know, the pinnacle of a club and country save of winning both. Yeah. Um, and to, was, it, I, I've yeah. been sitting there thinking because I, I love club and countries. It's like I there's just there's something about it, and like as much as I hate international football in real life, and this weekend has been interminable without actual football to watch. Um, but there's something about club and country saves where it just hits the spot for me. Like to keep that longevity, I think you know what you're saying. Well, the the club game might mm -hmm. sort of become a little bit more stale and kind of um, mundane. You're you're just especially if if you're playing in a smaller league. Um, thinking of the the Cantaleo in Peru save that I had a couple of seasons, like uh, versions back, and like the 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 domestic team. So I was just battering them left, right, and center. But that kind of international 
development side of it just keeps it going for so long and make and and I think it's kind of different to like a standard club safe just to keep it interesting. So I actually yeah, I've been thinking about hmm, maybe I want to get back into a club and country well, safe. Huh? F- funnily enough, I I've always for years it was club and country safe. It was Panathinaikos in Greece. Um, I did Caracas in Venezuela. Mm. Um, Alwada in UAE. I've got you testing my knowledge here in all the different <laughs> countries I've, I've done. Um, Al Ali in Libya. That was a good. That was a good club and country save. I did Albrix Nagata in Japan. Mm. Uh, Zhejiang in China. That was re- FM nineteen. I wasn't a massive fan, but that, that was all right. Um, and you sent us a list of think, saves for this year, and which had a number of club oh, and country. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I don't know where you've actually got, ended up. I, well, so I have gone club and country this year because I've mm-hmm. had a couple of years off it because I just I got a little bit fed up with international football being completely unloved. Um, and I think that certainly the Alberts Nagata Japan save I think kind of pushed me on my. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of losing interest in the international football because there was so little I could do with it. Yeah. Um, but this year, they finally had the common sense to put the squad planner in international football, which just seems like a really basic thing to do. Um, but it does make a big difference, I think. Um, so I've decided to do a club and country. And funny enough, the country I've picked, and if you follow me on Twitter, you'll already, I've kind of alluded to this before. Um, the last week is uh, lost to Luxembourg 3 0 on when was it? Uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, they were once, I think I was watching a YouTube video of how they've fallen from 13th in the world to 59th, and they've even fallen even further. But basically, I've gone for a club and country with Bosnia. Um, and I've picked. FK Sarajevo is the the club that I'm going to manage. Nice. Now, and probably you'll, even, you'll be even, aware of oh, no, even, even Bosnia was Croatian, wasn't he? I'm just trying to think if there was a link back. He was back. Croatian, yeah. yeah, yeah he wasn't okay. Bosnian, sadly. Mm. But weirdly enough, when I was doing all my research, uh, coming up with this long list of teams, um, there is a Bosniak that plays in the under-19s of the Sarajevo team, um, it's not that related, kind of caught my eye and thought, oh, maybe I could do Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, again, it's weird. It's all these like little things that happen through my journey in football manager that just then prompt an idea for a future save. Um, and <laughs> this will sound really sad. And this is where you know going from um, FM to real life football and back again. And I think what's changed over the years is that you can get access to so much more now. So you can watch all of the Sarajevo under-19 games on YouTube. So like full 90-minute jobs. I guess they are um, raking in hours for that, you know. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I went on to the under-19 and I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I, common countries are fine, but... I quite like having those links to real life players. Yeah. So I've basically over the last however many while I was waiting for the FM twenty four to come out so I could actually start it. Basically I've gone through and 
through a bit of research on Transfermarkt and looking at some of the similar players that are in the game, because a lot of the under-19 Bosnian players aren't in the game because it's not an active league. Yeah. So I've gone through and added all of the, a lot of the under-19 players in Bosnia um, and tried to get him as close to similar players so that it kind of keeps in, you know, they're not all like superpowers and, mm. you know, you dominate because it kind of defeats the point. Um, but, you know, as part of that, I did want to kind of look at those players that were playing for, for Sarajevo and, and see what sort of players they are. And, you know, actually watching some of those games was quite interesting. And weirdly enough, about three minutes into the first one, Bosniak got a, uh, plays right wing, um, got a decent assist. Nice. For, uh, uh, how many players have you added? It's... Sorry? How many players have you added? How many have I added? So I went through, so I've added all of the Sarajevo under 19 side, which is about 25. And then I've also added the players for the other three, two big clubs. So Zrinski and I can't pronounce the other, the other one that begins with Z that I've, I still need to learn to pronounce. And then I've I've gone through the the various Bosnian youth teams on transfer mark, which is a great resource, by the way, mm. because it, it's quite good to you can give those comparisons by their valuations and stuff like that. Um, it's you know it's good for if you wanted to make it a bit. This is just me again. It's me losing myself in my own little world and what I enjoy having. Um, so yeah, I've added all of the under 19s, 18s, 17s, 16s. I don't think I bothered with the 15s and the other end because I think I ran out of time. Um, but just the international players were in there and put them at the relevant clubs. So it's, it's added a few, I think maybe 150 extra oh dear, that's some effort players that's... into the the yeah. pool. Um, so for, and forgive my ignorance so, of um, Bosnian club football here, but. Um, FK Sarajevo are, are they a dominant team in the league or are they just the ones with the they, best uh... so they came second last year but they're with so they're owned by Vincent Tan who I th- okay. think he either still does or did own Cardiff yeah okay so so they've got so quite they've a bit got of a money bit of back in. Uh, I mean when you say a bit of money I think the bank balance right. was about 1.5 million quid which is probably yeah, all Not relative. bad for uh, I, I, I again I had to do a little bit of work on the the database because they've they hadn't they've made a mistake on the um, average salaries in Bosnia. So when I first ran a test save on it, the highest earner was on like three hundred quid. Um, but actually, it's because they've missed a one off the start. Okay, of a lot of the. <laughs> so anyone that's been in the editor too much, but basically there's loads of settings within there mm. that you know <laughs> if you get outside of the out the box leagues, and this is why a lot of people don't go outside of the box because it, it gets a little bit sketchy in terms of you know how much the data has been validated. Um, so I've just fixed that again to be in line with similar ones around. So rather than you know a star player earning three hundred quid actually. And you know, not you know having sixty k left in the wage budget, which is I think what when I started it. Instead, they're now all on similar salary, salaries to the kind of surrounding areas, okay. um, which should make it more realistic. So you know, clubs aren't just 
got massive bank balances because they're not paying any wages. Yeah. Um, and did you have to create? Um, did you have to create the editor file yourself for the for the leagues and stuff, or did, did you manage to you know, find? No. Someone? So um, I mean, this is again the great thing about the community these days is that actually there's so many people out there making these leagues and and taking the time to research the rules and the, so and it's getting easier to convert them from one game to the next. Mm. So it was just a case of taking the M the FM23 file and putting it into FM24. Okay. Um it was one team to fit, you know, it inevitably comes up with problems always does. Yeah, yeah. But I managed to fix that. So so yeah, it didn't actually take me that long to get it get it up and running. Um And is it it's uh I think, but, I, I, think I remember looking through because I, I was looking at potentially a kind of uh, without wishing to offend anyone, but sort of former Yugoslav journeyman save of you know looking through yeah. all the different leagues and but just just sticking in the in the Balkans, and um, but the thing that puts me off with some of these leagues and I don't know if this bothers you at all. I'm guessing from some of the leagues that you have played in historically, it doesn't. Um, but I really hate ten or twelve team leagues. Um, just at the variety mm. of you know you play the same teams four or five or six times a season but you know if you meet them in a couple mm -hmm. or two and that just drives me mad i, I want to have the variety of so sort of 18 16 or 18 is kind of like my minimum but that doesn't doesn't bother you uh, and in, in fairness i'm probably more inclined on your side of things mm. um i prefer a bigger league i prefer playing lots of different teams um I guess this time I was more thinking about the kind of country and, and, and I'm not sure it'll necessarily be a save for the full of FM journey because really my original plan was going to Asia again. Um, but I think I got, I was a bit disillusioned about the whole J league. Yeah. Rollout, just general managing of that was just frankly pretty shocking if, if I'm honest. Um, and I think they've got a lot of work to do there and I kind of, I want to go to Asia and I want to do it properly and I want, because I think it's a, it's, you know, it's a growing football, um, area and it's a really interesting, um, sort of continent to, to study football and, um, but yeah, and I think when I couldn't do that, I just thought, you know what, I, I'll go for something that's, you know, interest keep me, keep me interested for a while bit of fun see what i can do and see where it goes um but yeah i'm I'm slightly concerned in the 12 league but then part of me is thinking that with the focus on europe and this probably coming from the way that i played last year is that it might be i bring another team into the mix similar to how i ran it last year where i had the kind of i was managing four teams mm. and you know similar style and moving stuff around and almost like have a a, a team in Germany say that is almost like the feeder team for the Bosnian and you know growing you know not a team in the Bundesliga but me you know maybe in the the third division or something and build them up using Bosnian players because they've got quite lax foreign player rules in Germany yeah and I guess that would fit in well with the kind of Vincent Tan ownership and you so if he's you know came yeah, back into trying to build like, almost like a kind of... yeah almost like a city group kind of thing and then is that you can say in Germany like they've got a couple of these and um sort of clubs with Turkish links although I guess that is mostly to do with the sort of Turkish diaspora and in, um, in German cities yeah. that's already there but it, it makes 
a lot of sense and from a club and country point of view it really helps you like avoid that kind of glass ceiling where your your own club just can't develop players that well because of either the facilities or because of the reputation but then if you let the players go to bigger clubs they 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 get you know, rotting in reserves and they get wasted or well, this yeah. this is the problem and and we're in the, probably the way i play club and country is slightly different to the way that you play it i i historically have always built the squad the international squad with the, the club that i'm managing even even if they could be getting you know a, a higher level of, of football you know elsewhere i've always found that you know i'm a big believer that a a team is better than individuals, and I, and I think some of the success that I've had through club and countries has been having the core of the team playing in the club side inside out, and you, you a week in week out, sorry, and you 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 just bringing them into the international setup, and they should, in theory, know how each other interact, mm, carry over the dynamics. You, you know, they play. It's easier to implement the same style. You know, I I like to have a certain play style with my my teams be it international or, or, or club. And actually, if you've got players that already know what they're doing, there's that natural, you know, jump It makes sense. Actually... <laughs> yeah, it makes sense logically. Yeah. Uh, would it apply? I think I think the dynamics should apply because you, you can bring in players to new clubs and they will automatically, you know, if they're favourite personnel, they, they'll, they carry that over. Even if they're not shown as specifically favourite personnel, they might have, you know, like progression towards that and you'll probably know like, these numbers in the editor and stuff. So you would imagine that those kind of dynamics also carry over into um, international football. Whether the tactical familiarity automatically carries over, I don't know. Uh, you, you, like, with your experience, I don't know if you know. It if doesn't. It, does. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Which is which is frustrating because, but it it, should you know for whatever reason it doesn't. But it, but anyway, that's you know, the, I think still again it's the immersion in in my world and it being my save, and you know in my head it's like actually that's that's how I would do it. If you put me if you put me in charge of that in real world, I'd be like right, this is the way we're gonna play these are my core players that, you know, they're, they're going to be the team that's going to bring this country up into a, you know, a, a better position. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's certainly with some of the more out there country, you know, with managing Libya, you know, all, all the, well, other than, I think it was maybe like two or three players that played abroad. Um, but everyone else played for our alley. Um, which made a difference. Yeah. I would, um, and how, how far have you got into the game? I mean, you said I've been doing a lot of editor work. Have you managed to actually sort of play much? Uh, I am <laughs> eight games in. Sorry, say that again. So I have, I, I've played eight games. Eight games. And so I've played eight games first in impressions the league. then? Nine games in the league, sorry. Uh, mm. First impressions. Um, I would say it's quite similar to FM23. I wouldn't say there's a huge amount of change, but then I kind of understand that with everything that's, you know, coming for FM25. Mm. You know, why would you throw huge amounts of resources into creating loads of new things when, you know, from what what we've heard, you know, FM25 is going to be revolutionary and, you know, the next phase almost. Mm. Um, I think... 
there's a few there's a few nice little additions uh, there's still bits uh, i mean my favorite bit so far is the fact that when you do that that first meeting where you have to tell the squad where you think you're going to fi- um finish in the league and you never to be play russian roulette with clicking the wrong <laughs> one sends them all into a tantrum you can now at least say i've got nothing to discuss and be got and they're all fine so that was a nice addition um yeah, what used, yeah, to, what no, used to annoy me uh, about uh, that one was was when you just finished like I don't know like third or something, with and you'd massively overachieved and you were like, okay, next season we're gonna finish top half and they're like, God, that's so unrealistic. Oh, we're just never gonna make it. And you're like, for fuck's sake, like look at the fucking table, like how how does this oh, game not reflect that? Is it? Was don't the... don't Ooh. don't get me started with interactions. Yeah, it was, uh, I was last year. I had a you know, constant battle with my right back who I was playing as a wing back instead of a complete wing back. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because uh, <laughs> you'll yeah. have me last round. But no, th- I think f- the, the match engines, you know, a bit cleaner, some nice little movements. Um, I would say probably end result in terms of what happens and everything else is reasonably similar. Mm. Um, I think I've got Sarajevo playing some nice football but it's kind of I'm using a tactic that I was sort of working on at the end of FM 23 anyway because I lost my hard disk so I lost everything um, <laughs> including my Salernitana save so I, mm. I kind of just then had a couple of months just mucking around um, with some tactics and some ideas and I, I think sorry I know I'm going off off tangent here in terms of what I think of FM 24 no. so far um, but you know, I think it's probably a good good point. Um, you know, my tactics that I use are I, I kind of like to pull in some sort of real life influences. Okay. Um and read a lot of blogs and that's what I love about, you know, modern social media. One of the few things that you know, you there's so much access to to really interesting and tactical analysis that's not just your usual stuff. So the I've been reading a lot. Well, I had done pre when I did my Alberts and the Gatta save about Ange Postacoglu mm. um, when he was mar- managing um, Marinos, and I kind of went back and read a lot of the stuff that I'd I'd bookmarked when I was looking for some inspiration to bring in to kind of what I deem <laughs> mendozable, which is my kind of philosophy I've built over the years. So I've kind of been doing a bit of reading around him to kind of bring in a few influences and. Primarily around the inverted wing backs, um, okay. which is quite a change in the way that I normally play. Um, so I've been quite impressed with how they they play and the, the visuals of how they interact. I think it's quite good, um, and that's definitely a difference that I've seen from FM twenty three to twenty four. And I know people have have talked about it, but it, it looks a lot smoother when you're watching in terms of the way that they those inverted wing backs interact and move into that sort of. Um, a DM role and you know I've got a half back in there who kind of moves to the left of defense which is quite cool so it kind of it, it looks more real it looks less computery and more realistic yeah which I quite like yeah I think I think when I've seen this the kind of uh, positional movement positional play whatever, whatever you want to call it I, I think that the vertical movement is is relatively similar to to 23 and 22 and everything before it you know inverted wing back would move from defensive line to dm line or if he's on an attack and move further forward and mazalas will move you know 
midfield to to attack but i think it's the horizontal movement if you want to call it that 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 is a lot smoother mm-hmm. and a lot um yeah it's a lot more kind of uh equalized you know i, I that's that's a poor word for it. I, I, i'm trying to think of the right word but it's effectively like you're saying if you've got a dm and an inverted wing back and uh, on the left hand side then the dm will move over to the right and so that they will try and equal space across the pitch um and because i went back to try and t- test this on uh, fm23 with a kind of uh shadow striker behind a target man and was like okay let's look and see how the difference between this and 24 and mm-hmm. and and it would it would very similar you know if i had a shadow striker right behind the target man or target forward and this and a cm on attack on in the mcl spot the shadow striker would still tend to move to the right but what fm24 does better is that it keeps your wide players wide and then it kind of staggers the spacing between the winger the shadow striker the, the target forward the cm on attack and the left winger and it's sort of a lot more uh equal spaces to you know effectively go in wing half space center half space wing um as in there's your positional play that's 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 what they've been going mm-hmm. for and that's fine if that's the style of play that you're that you're looking to play um, but yeah i think it's a lot more about the the, the horizontal movement than the vertical movement but um, mm-hmm. but yeah i mean yeah the- I mean, i've noticed it with it with my 10 so i've, I've got my 10 is there this, again, this probably comes back to um, Venezuelan called Penaranda, who mm. played for Watford at one point, and he's kind of his career has taken a little bit of a nosedive, and he's ended up in Sarajevo in real life. Really, um, which again is a nice little sort of it was one of the appeals is that actually I played with it. I had him at Caracas back on FM six, uh, yeah, FM sixteen, and he was like I had him on loan because he was you know he was a he was big, properly good for a while, big prospect back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, he's been fantastic for for Sarajevo so far. But he's playing in that ten role, and I think I'm playing him on AM support, which you know normally I'm an own gun. Well, I did, well, was, but I've kind of moved. I'm normally would put them as a playmaker as as, the, as a ten, but mm. you know I thought I'd try something different with them in AM. And the movement, like you said, horizontally, the way that he drifts around that that ten space is he'll pop up on the right and then he'll pop up on the left and then he'll be in the center and he'll, he, he kind of drops in and, um, you know, I've got a Roman pro- playmaker in, in the, the center of me, midfield spot who's one of our strongest players, Vrancic, who's um, formerly of Stoke. So I've got all, all the big, uh, you know, former, you know, lower league um, players that are in there. Um but it's just quite interesting to see that movement, and it actually I, I see more of the link play that I'm in my head. I'm wanting to see, um, so that that is good in in that regard. Um, let me let me I ask you one, really, one one question then. How, how, how many goals uh, have you been seeing in your games so far? Lots. How many goals <laughs> have I missed? Well, I've been seeing lots of goals, but I've also been seeing a lot of misses. So, and I alluded to this on our messages. So currently, I am top of expected goals under performance. And I know some of this has always been a frustration of mine, but I think it's just, I'm a perfectionist in football manager terms. And I think I'm always looking to how I can improve things. And I hate doing, 
seeing my team doing things, even if we're winning. The, the, the thing that always winds me up no end is when someone says, oh, well, it's fine, you're winning. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, they're still not doing things right. And if they keep doing those things wrong, then eventually we won't win. Yeah. Um, so my biggest gripe at the moment is I've played nine matches. I've scored 27 goals. I've got 32 XG. So I'm currently top of the expected goals under performance with minus five. Um, but still scoring three goals a game. Still scoring three goals a game, through, But I'm and how many five are you XG conceded down after nine games, which should be scoring more than three goals a game. And that, I mean, that's just that's me. And I know a lot of people sure. won't get that. But second place have scored played nine matches, have scored twenty eight goals from 16.8 xg so they are 11.16 well, over performing is is that is that fm trying to um artificially rein you in saying you are creating Probably. way too much xg you're clearly creating some sort of exploitative yeah. tactic here you massive cheat and uh this is how we yeah. artificially <laughs> grab you no, but I mean, in a weird way, when you do some of the non-out-of-the-box leagues, I think you start to see some of the little bits that aren't oh, quite right. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, it's early days, and it? it will balance itself out. I'm sure by the end of the season, our XG performance will probably about be the middle, and Borak, who are this, you know, 11.16 up will probably be in the middle as well well let me um, let me uh argue with you on that point because i think that that is not going to happen i haven't seen the goals over performance in every human uh league or every league with a human player in it that i've seen and to the point where and i did some numbers earlier but like human or leagues on full detail and leagues which have human players in it are seeing around about a third, a quarter, a third, and sometimes a half, fifty percent more goals than leagues which are no detail or have no human player, and it's um, yeah, it's I've, I'm finding that that is the one thing that's really frustrating me at the moment about the game because I think similar to you, I kind of picked up the game and I was like a twenty-three. It's 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 like twenty-three. Obviously, like the interface is the same, a lot of the gameplay is the same. Mm-hmm. But I was really impressed with some of the new animations. It looks a lot more natural. Things like players scanning, pointing where they want the ball to be, some of the first touches and the body movement and the way that they've kind of captured the animation. Uh, Like deflections look a lot more natural. Uh, uh, Misplaced passes look a lot more natural. Lots of really good things. And I was really enjoying my save. And then I was like, God, we are so shit at defending. And I'm trying to play this uh, <laughs> defensive conservative system and play on the counter attack. And we were still conceding like a goal and a half a game on average. And then I went and looked at the league and I was like, wow, like this is like one of the worst defensive performances I think I've team that I've managed has, has ever had. Like the last five, six, seven, eight, whatever years I've been playing football manager. And we were only like the fourth worst, uh, uh, sorry, like the fourth best defense in the league. I'm like, I was like, wow, my mind is totally blown. And all of a sudden, it was like that bit in How I Met Your Mother when the glass smashes, you know, and it's like kind of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, 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 the curtain is pulled back and you see all the inner workings in. 
I looked and said, all of these leagues are completely screwed. The the goals that the match engine is kicking out are so inflated compared to either not not so inflated against reality, but inflated against how every other league would work and how the game is supposed to work. And uh, yeah, I'm really struggling with that just now. I don't know whether yeah, I don't know where it's going to leave me with. I'm just hopefully waiting for a patch, but um, uh, hopefully yeah. you're not. I mean, it's hopefully some hopefully something that they at least they can patch in game. But there's always that risk, isn't there, with this either they patch it and they patch it too much the other way, and then probably by about the third or fourth patch they get the balance. Mm. Um, well, it's funny because I, I was mean, this is I, I, I was mentioned to you earlier like that that. I quite like cricket, and I was I was I was thinking about getting cricket twenty four, whilst I was waiting for FM to get patched, and I watched a few few YouTube uh, content creators playing F- cricket twenty four, and that game is in such so much a worse state than FM, because they do that exactly what you're saying there. They patch it; it's a little bit of you know trial and error. Um, but you know the game has been out maybe like this cricket twenty four has been out maybe a month or something, and there's been like six patches, and every time I watch these guys on the YouTube videos, they're like, "Fucking hell, this is the worst patch I've ever seen." And some of like the absolutely ridiculous animations that you're seeing, and like the kind of stupid ways people are getting out, and the stupid things the AI is doing, and I was just like, "Well, I guess maybe I'm pleased as I don't do this this haphazard." throw enough shit at the wall let's try this one trial and error process for the publicly released patches i'm sure they do it with the beta things that go to like the people that, that they have on such lists but um but yeah maybe maybe they're, maybe they're doing things at least i think well i mean i would dread to look at what the code behind the match engine looks like because you think that match engine now how many years old is it yeah 20 when did they last change it that's got to be over ten years old now. Older, maybe. Was it? Was and it I, when the? What, was it when the what you call it came in the? Um, what what the, the the new tactics creator system? It was based on something, but that was FM fourteen. So that would be yeah, ten ten iterations. Yeah. And and I think what and it's it, it interesting, you know, combining real life with their with FM and that, you know, I I came across like my where I like work in a current like sort of system pro someone did a system map of it and honestly it was the most complicated thing you'd ever seen and they were like i was just going to scrap this and start again fresh do it from scratch oh yeah um and and i think that i kind of for me with the the fm25 and what's coming and changing platforms and 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 what they're going to do with that you, you just think i hope that you've taken all the things that you've learned from the 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 current match engine and started fresh rather than trying to take bits over to a new engine because I think what's happened with the match engine is I think it started quite broad in terms of what you could do and what would be successful and all the rest of it. But it, like any of these things, you've, you keep it very open and people find a way to exploit it. And then mm. someone raises it as a bug that there's an exploit for this. So then they close that line down, but that has a knock-on effect and closes something else down that was... And, and before you know it, you end up with a very kind of narrow match engine that is controlled, that avoids any exploits, because if there's exploits, people kick off about it, which is why I think now there are certain tactics 
it's taken styles of tactics and positions that work very well. You know, there's always the argument about Gegenpress always being overpowered. You, you hear it every year, and I think mm. it'll be interesting to see how SI tackled that in a new platform and new technology. You know, the, the code that they're writing, you know, that that match engine is, is, is written with, you know, 10 years ago, so much has changed mm. from a you know, gaming perspective, from a software perspective, apps, all the rest of it since then. And, but even uh, from a football uh, perspective, uh, because I think if you looked at it, looked at football, yeah. the type of football that people were playing 10, 12 years ago, it's very different. And, like, and exactly like you're saying, where, you know, the engine is biased towards the Gagan press system or high pressing systems. And I think that's still the case. I think that's a deliberate choice because they are deliberately making the game fun for people who want to mm -hmm. play in a certain way. And that's like, you know, it's a marketing decision as much as anything else. I'm totally fine. I totally understand that. Um, I, do, I don't think the match engine is, is particularly well balanced for all the different types of systems that you want to work. But but they tend, I, I, and I completely agree, they tend to just like look and say, okay, uh, like the positional play that's come out this year, it looks to me like it's a very deliberate way to say, okay, Pep is playing in a certain way. We want to try and make that possible in Match Engine. If the Match Engine had yeah. started off being balanced, you would be able to do that two, three, four iterations ago. It shouldn't require yeah. a whole recode of it to make a very popular... The, the most recognizable football system strategy possible in the match engine. Yeah. But then again, I know nothing I think, about coding. So. And, and I guess there's an element there, isn't there, is that, yes, there's replicating real life, but then part of the beauty of Football Manager is that creativity element. Mm. And, you know, outside of, of Football Manager, now you, know, you look at some of those other games, and I don't play these games, you know, I barely have time to play football manager, let alone any other game. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of these open world games that are now so vastly popular where really the player has the ability to to, to really do what they want. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that, you know, you think with, with football and the way that it evolves. I mean, I, you know, Sam Pauli was, you know, has, has always been a big influence of mine when it's come to trying to how I what, like to play on football managers and stuff like that. But for so many iterations... It wasn't possible to press like Sam Pauli used to get his um, Uda Chile side to mm. to press. You just couldn't do it because it wasn't in the, at the time. But and I, and I think where Football Manager, it, you know, as it evolves and if it's going to be successful, not just for the short term players because you're always going to get players and I know the numbers are important. They're going to come in and just want it to be easy. Go in, play bash out three seasons, win the Champions League with their favourite club and and that be that. But I think there's also another element there where, you know, and a lot of us, the reason why we're all still playing after all these years because it wasn't always that kind of game. It was the kind of game that you absolutely hated, but you were there the next day trying to make it right and trying to, <laughs> you know... Yeah, undo all the like you know you'd be sat there going through like a three game winning you know losing streak and you just you know the sofa would be destroyed or, you know you'd have had your mum shouting at you for you know having a tantrum and all the rest of it you'd have gone through three keyboards um, but because it was unpredictable 
but it was unpredictable because there were so many different things you could do. You know, when you had sliders, and I'm not advocating going back to sliders, but, you know, each of those sliders, what, had 10 notches? Mm. So you could do 10 different, you know, 10 different scenarios across 10 different players, and there were so many different things, which, granted, it then created exploits because there yeah. were bits that, you know, it just, in the end, you couldn't cope with. But I, part of me hopes that the way that things have moved on technologically, that getting back to that point that actually, you know, put the player in there and do be able to do something different that Pep isn't doing or, well, or you know, Arteta I, I, isn't I think, doing. I or, think if you, because if you looked at, uh, at now and you said that they've brought in this positional play because because of, like, Pep or Ted or whatever, and because of the system, you know, of this kind of like uh, uh, that you you assume a position on the field based on the position of the other players around you, and you want to like kind of check a board across the pitch, and you know a two three five shape regardless of where you started off. Fine, okay, I can understand that that makes sense. But then you get the likes of um, the Brazilian guy Janish, the guy that was at Fluminense, and you know it's coming up with this different style. I hate the when people put in these kind of um, flashy uh, terms like relationism, relationism and stuff. I, I just some, I find all of these kind of really awkward um, uh, jargons that get applied to things is just cringeworthy. But anyway, whatever whatever yeah. name you want to apply to that, I don't think that you could in the current match engine do anything like that properly. I'm sure yeah. people will say that they, they've yeah. managed to get it, but you couldn't and. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's like, okay, they've they've written, rewritten the code to try and get pep, positional play, whatever you want to call it, into the game. And it's immediately obsolete. Immediately. Because someone else has come along with another system. And you, we might play this, like, like you were saying at the start, a 15-20 season save. But in 15-20 seasons, the style of play will not have moved on from what it is has been coded in in season one no. and do you know what the the biggest thing they need to crack and this is to across you know you probably could do that as a human player mm. but you're playing against a reactive ai yeah you play a formation that ai analyzes that that your formation your tactic how you're playing and it reacts to it and it tries to counter it yeah no I, the ai the AI never comes up with something different; just catches you off guard. Yeah, like well, and, and I don't know reactive. if it, I don't know if it can. I guess it, I guess it's coded to say, okay, I don't think it can. pick up on some statistics from the player, so that the human player or the the, the team that the AI is playing against uh, has scored seventy five percent of its goals from through balls. They will drop their defensive line, something to that to that effect, you know, um, yeah. you know, and and that's all. I don't. Well, again, I know nothing about coding. Maybe that's no, all we can ever that. do. So, um, we're, we're, we're coming to sort of the end. We're running a bit out of time. But I just do want to ask you one, one, one other question. That, and that was just, um, why, why create content? Like, you know, you blog about your saves, put things on Twitter, used to be on, on forums, et cetera. Um, I, what is it, what is it that, that drives you into, into doing that? So uh, with content, I'm not that... I'm terrible at being consistent. A lot of it's down to time and effort. And I don't, I wouldn't ever want to put something out that was shit. <laughs> and I think I like to take the time for it. So it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, I've got a lot of time for how much time and effort, you know, content creators put into their work because it isn't like a quick fix, 
But sometimes, I think certainly for me when I write content now, more than anything, it's just, it's trying to, sometimes even I'm picking a problem. You know, it, it, I'm, if I'm struggling with a bit of my save, sometimes actually just going and writing it all down, even if it doesn't, you know, it comes magically out of the blue, oh, you know, Diego Mendoza's written his one blog post of the year. <laughs> but actually sometimes writing down 1,500 words or whatever about a situation that you're seeing in a game and almost talking it through in your head can be really useful and, and, and can really help change the save and evolve the save. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I think as well, I I enjoy talking about Football Manager and with other like-minded people. And I like seeing other people's saves and the ideas they have and kind of picking ideas up from them because, you know, you can always learn from other people and, and do things differently. And And I think we're very lucky that there are so many people out there producing such great content. Um, mm -hmm. And long, long may it continue. I mm -hmm. think uh, my hope is that, you know, as we get into FM25 and a different game, that, you know, actually some of the content can be quite creative and go back to some of those early days where people were trying to create tactics in an engine that wasn't really set up for being that forward-thinking. Um, and if, it, um, yeah, if, uh, if people wanted to find find you, you know, they listen to this. They're not they're not familiar with with you, or so if they want to read any of Miles' stuff, I'm uh, on past the bloody ball. Um, I think it's still dot. Uh, it's changed, isn't it? It's Jetpack now, but it used to be WordPress. Dot WordPress dot com. Um, you'll find some of the stuff that I've written previously. Um, but otherwise, follow me on. Um, X or Twitter, whatever it's known as now, and I'll, I'll kind of post blog f sort of uh, tweets as things happen in my save. Um, I might try and do some different content later on in the year, um, depending on time. But um, yeah, mostly Twitter's to find the place to to interact with me. Well, that's great. I mean, it's been really great having you on. It's uh, much appreciated. No, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, we'll we'll get one in next time with Ed. And, yes. Uh, you know we can find some some other things to discuss but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure we're in there yeah, yeah speak to everyone soon fingers crossed ed's uh power issues are short term and uh his family are all okay i mean obviously okay when there's no 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 danger to life with uh, with parkins but um and, and we'll just draw it to a close there so that's been episode four of uh of coffee pod fm um, just thank you everyone for your time and uh, I'm sure if you hit us up on the socials anyone who's got any sort of comments for myself or Red or, or Diego um, I guess yeah x slash twitter is the uh, is the best place to find us but uh, it's been great having you on Diego and uh, we'll just uh, say thank you very much and see you all next time mm -hmm.